to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today's guest is Ted Peterson, former president of the UIAAA and former athletic director at Weber High School. Ted, how are you? And thanks for being on the podcast today. I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation. Let's just jump right into it, Ted. Why don't you share with our listeners a few minutes worth of uh, where you grew up, where you went to college, your first job, your background, maybe some of the the youth sports you played, that type of a thing. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Fielding, Utah, went to Bear River High School up in the northern part of Utah. Uh, While I was there, played football and wrestled, and we grew up on a farm. So hard work and farming, and that was never any problem for me. I went to Utah State and first of all, started out in uh, agriculture, then went on my mission to Chile, Santiago North, so I can speak Spanish. When I came back, I decided that I wanted to go into education and coaching and then graduated from Utah State with a major in PE and a minor in history. And then during that time period, I was also uh, able to student teach at Bear River High. And my advising teacher at Bear River High was Dan Cox. And so I was helping him. I helped him coach football for about four years while I went to school. What what years were those, Ted, that you helped (laughs) Coach Cox? Uh, Ben, it would have been the mid-80s to the late-80s. I do remember that we played Scott Mitchell in the, I think, in the state semifinals. Mm -hmm. We were were ahead at halftime, and the second half, he threw like 30 passes and had no incompletions. (laughs) <laughs> and we ended up losing. But uh, that was a great well, experience in my start. The, re- the reason I ask is I was coaching at Jordan uh, back in the early 80s and uh, actually the mid 80s, the late 80s. And we played Bear River probably quite regularly. So you would have been on the staff then. It's before I knew you, obviously. Yes. Yeah, I okay. probably was there. Because then Cox moved from Bear River to Mountain Crest. And then went to Mountain Crest. Yep. Uh Yeah, because I remember we used to play them home and away in preseason. I want to say 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, all right through there. So, yeah. Small world, Ted. There you go. I believe from there. And then I ended up and got my first teaching job in Fredonia, Arizona. And I was football coach and wrestling coach. And small school, 140 kids in ninth through 12th grade. 
Uh, if you ever want to learn what traveling is, that's a good spot to yeah. go. Well, Fredonia, a- there can't be the closest high school's got to be in Page, and you've got to go up to Canab and then over to get there. I assume, and yeah. Page, I assume, is is a bigger high school than what Fredonia has. Yeah, and and Page was bigger. So our biggest high school that we played was in Williams, which is four hours to Flagstaff, and then an hour back to the west. Yeah. So the schools that were in our region were Williams and then over by Holbrook and down that towards Payson, all those small little schools down that way. Our farthest away school was down by Blythe, uh, Arizona, down on the Blythe border. And so we were on a four day school week, usually Friday about 10 in the morning, we'd get on the bus and travel all day Friday get to the city where we were playing, stay overnight, get up, play about 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, usually done by one o'clock in the afternoon and then drive home. So weekends did went by you, very fast. Did you have to drive the bus also? I did not have to drive the bus. Thank <laughs> okay. But we did take the volleyball team with us and the cheerleaders. And we played eight man football. Wow. And so once for this one, we played, we played the school for the deaf and blind and they would come out with their big drum and beat the drum. And that was their cadence. They could feel the vibrations of the drum. Oh, that's fascinating. That was a fun experience. So your first year of teaching would have been what? 89, 90, 91. Uh, Yeah. 88, 88, 89, 89, 90, right in there. Yeah. Okay. And did you play uh, any preseason games, for example, against Kanab or uh, Valley you know, High, maybe Penguin, because they were uh, certainly would, uh, in your league people? Yeah, we'd go over to and play Valley, and somebody else from over that area would come up and would have a little. So it was a scrimmage with coaches on the field and going that way, and we'd play a half eight man and then the other half we'd go 11 man okay. so those were good times and then we'd kind of do the same thing with Kanab. Hmm. yep interesting that's uh that's a small world well tell me this ted <clears throat> and share with our listeners maybe some of the mentors uh teachers coaches parents bosses that you had growing up that inspired you that kind of kept you in athletics or led you into your athletic journey Okay. Uh, probably my first one would be my father, who he was the athletic director at Weber at Bear River High School. And so that was just kind of, we called it the family business. Mm-hmm. I have four brothers and one sister, and three of us were in education. I have some cousins that are in education. And so we just kind of called it the family business. But so my, my father was a great inspiration to me. Also, when I got over to Utah State, I signed up for a football officiating class. And that's where I met Art Mandini, who was mm-hmm. at the time was officiating sports in Utah. And he told me, he says, you got to come try this. And so he part of our assignment for a class was to sign up and officiate football games. And he got me into officiating football. 
And that was a good start for me to get to know who those officials were and some of the coaches. And then eventually I signed up to officiate wrestling, worked my way up. I got to officiate the state tournament one year. Mm -hmm. And then I went into coaching. And so I, I gave up um, officiating, but I learned and have a great respect for officials because I've been on that side of it as well. Uh, so how long did you officiate then, Ted? I think I did football for about three years and wrestling for four. Okay. And, but Lee Dickmore was another great when I got to Weber High. Lee was our athletic director at the time. I learned a lot of things from him and watching him. As I got kind of involved into, and he let me go to the UIAAA conference once uh, before I was actually an AD. And that's where I met Phil Russell and Dave Nordquist, who they were athletic directors in the Ogden School District. And okay, they so knew is who this, I was. Is this and, back when, uh, when it was a half-day affair held in the Salt Lake area before we moved to St. George then? No, this is... It was in St. George, but I think it was just barely had gotten to St. George. Okay. Okay. But uh, they taught, they also taught the 501 class and they kind of just put me under their wing and says, I need to do this and get involved in the UI AAA. And they were great mentors to me and, and helping. And if I had questions, I could call them and get answers to whatever. No, well, they're, they're both great men. And uh, obviously, sadly, yeah. for those who don't know, uh, we just lost Dave here about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we lost Phil maybe three about or four eight. months ago to the COVID. Yeah. And then I know uh, Dave was cancer. So that's a sad deal. So that's, yeah. that's a great uh, group. So I can remember it. So it would have been somewhere around the probably the 99 or the 2000 year, I think was the first year we taught. It was the somewhere, very first leadership yeah. training course that we taught and it would have been 501. Yeah, somewhere right in there. Okay, yep. that's awesome. Well, tell us this, Ted, the job of today's athletic administrator, talk about how it's changed since that first conference you went to, even before you were the AD to now that you're retired. Okay, I still remember we'd fill out big long papers. Uh, I think I remember the first cell phone I had, it was a brick phone. <laughs> and I don't know if many people even know what they look like anymore. But, uh, you know, we kind of did everything. We'd make up our own charts and put check marks by it and say, yeah, these kids have done what they're, or what have accomplished what they needed to to be eligible to play. And, you know, so that's kind of where we started till today that everything is just electronics, social media. Uh, obviously, the athletic director has a lot more to do right now than they did back then, and their duties have changed. Uh, but I kind of started out as, a, as an athletic director. We were still responsible for taking care of the fields and marking them and, and that way. And so I've learned that artificial turf is pretty nice yeah <laughs> absolutely you don't, you don't worry so much about rain 
in bad weather. And so that's been really nice to have that at your school. Well, now tell me this, Ted. So you've, you've recently retired. I know when I left Jordan back in the summer of 2013, I think Register My Athlete was just coming online for the first year for the 2013-14 season. That's been a huge game changer, I assume, for you and everyone that was able to use it. Because I can just remember the stacks and stacks of eligibility packets yeah. that you'd have to go through. Yeah, we'd get stacks this big of papers and have to sort all through that. I remember when registered my athlete, they asked if our school would be like one of the guinea pigs. And so we were and to go through and work out any bugs that we saw or ask and give recommendations to what needed to happen and along in that direction. I remember that we used to always get these kids that would show up on our registered my athlete. And I go, where are these kids? And I go ask the coaches that they had corresponded to and found out we've never seen them before. Well, so we called up the, the guys over Logan for register my athlete and says, why do we keep getting these people? We found out that we were Weber. So we were the last school on their guinea pig list of testing it out. So anybody that never really finished their or completed their register, my athlete, just, we were the default school that fell into, <laughs> you know, so I read through there, we're getting these guys six, five, two eighty, And I'm trying to say, well, can I call them and see if they're really coming or not? <laughs> you know, and cause we'd never see them. And our yeah. coaches would get all excited when they'd see big athletes and things like that. But so they had to figure out, to not make Weber High the default school for things like that. But yeah, it was a really big changer and oh, really sure. helpful. And man, I don't know where ADs would be if they didn't have that program right now. Oh, absolutely. It's I very helpful. Uh, just listening to you, I can't imagine the amount of uh, headaches that uh, Claire Anderson put on you having to be the default of all these kids you didn't see. That just yeah added on to it. That's crazy. Thanks for sharing that. Let me ask you this, Ted, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? You know, I think about the same time that Register My Athlete was coming out is that the state sets down deadlines for when you had to turn kids in and, and it was early in the fall. So it was a boys golf and I missed his academic all state deadline. And it was a pretty prominent person and family in our area and I got chewed out pretty good by the mother by the superintendent and I just says I'll never do that again and so trying to make and make sure that those deadlines but that one was always hard because at that time I was still helping coach football mm. and you're you're still trying to coach a sport and get everything done at the beginning of the school year and just golf because they're not on campus and they're away. And it just slipped my mind and, and I totally missed it. And I apologize for doing it, but that still didn't set well with the parents and I could see why. And so I've always made it. And I just make sure to not ever miss those deadlines for those, for the things that kids are going to get awarded for. 
Well, if it's any comfort to you, Ted, and you know this, you're certainly not the only one of us that has missed that deadline. I think it's yeah. much easier. I think it's much easier now because they've now they've got in a window. In the old days, I think you had two or three days and you yeah. had to get it in, and that was it. And now they've got a bigger window, so I think it it makes it easier. But uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Now let's talk now for your journey in the UI AAA, Ted, and how that began and, and how uh, how little old Ted who went to Bear River and then uh, was working at Weber High and all of a sudden became president of the UI AAA. You know, that was kind of through my principal at the time and Lee Dickamore and Steve Elsnap. And Steve was our principal and he was former athletic director at Bonneville. And they says, you know, you should run for this. And I says, I'd been uh, selected to be a representative for region one and then got down there. And I think you were part of it. And uh, Rich asked and says, Hey, you ought to try running for president. And I remember the one year they says, well, I had some other responsibilities going on in my life. And I says, let me give, give me a year. And then I ran and became the president. And well, that was a great growing experience for me for serve three years in the UI AAA as the president and the vice and uh, president elect and the past president. And so I felt that that was a great thing and some great things and events were taking place in our association at that time. Uh, one of those that I really enjoyed was at the conferences and we had uh, Frank Layden come and speak. And I got the opportunity to go pick him up this, uh, at the St. George Airport. And so for that 20 or 30 minute ride to ride back with him and just realize how down to earth he is and, and relaxed. And I took him out to the golf course. That's where he wanted to go first. And we got out there and he says, I'll be fine now. And he just kind of waddled up there and because I think he and the golf pro are really good friends. And yeah, Reed's a good friend of his. Yeah. And Reed was going to get him back in. And as he spoke, one of the best conference talks I think that we've ever had is he started telling his stories and very motivational. And uh, the next year, I think Ty Detmer came and uh, listened to his speech and great motivational for young kids and I think we had seven or eight uh, scholarship kids there that night and he spoke to them and how can you not be motivated by those guys that came and spoke? But I just know that the UIAAA, that's probably one of the best places I've learned things that have helped me to be an athletic director. And there's other people there. And I still remember we're at a national conference and the guy from Wyoming, they were talking, they had a subject about fundraisers. And next question, the guy says, how do you get all your geese off your golf course? They're just making such a mess. Guy from Wyoming raised his hand and says, that's the best fundraiser we have. Okay, now what do you think? <laughs> so in Wyoming, <laughs> they just have a shotgun shooting contest. Uh, yeah. On, on when goose season opens up, they're sitting around and, that's how they maintain and keep the geese off. And, uh, you know, but some great ideas. Some are really great and awesome. 
others you need to think about and say, will this really work in my community or not? But uh, that was some of the things I think from the UIAAA that benefited me. And I know it benefited Weber High as well. Well, you're telling me then, Ted, that the, uh, the shooting of the geese may work in Wyoming, but it's not gonna work up in Plain City, obviously. Uh, yeah, probably not gonna happen <laughs> in North Ogden, yep. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for sharing those stories. Tell me this, Ted, <clears throat> or uh, not tell me, let me, let me have you share <clears throat> your current position with the UIAAA, which is basically uh, the head of the uh, UIAAA Retired Committee and something that you've kind of uh, built back up because as we all know, we had a little lull there after, after Bud left us, but now uh, we're, we're kind of getting back to where we were. Talk about the, uh, the joy you've had in that assignment. Okay, so I represent the retired athletic directors and really I kind of think I have two major responsibilities. Number one is uh, the awards committee. So the awards that the UIAAA gives out at our convention or conference in the spring is that I kind of help uh, get that organized. And I have a committee that we get the recipients and we vote on them and discuss who should be the, the winners. So that is one. Then the other one at the conference is doing the 50-50. And I thought this year was a great success. And the reason being is that once again, electronics played a great role in that is that people can use Venmo. And so when I told people, you know, hey, why don't you buy some? They go, I don't have any cash. And as soon as I'd say, hey, you can use Venmo, it's just, I'll be right back. And they would go get their phones in Venmo. And so that was a big success. And but being there and being able to recognize your peers for their accomplishments, well, that was a good thing. Thanks for sharing that, Ted. Talk to us now about your recent induction into the UI AAA Hall of Fame. That's well, let me ask you this, first of all, and I, I, I failed to mention this earlier. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, now I think your dad is Don Peterson, correct? Yes. And if I'm yes. not mistaken, you are the only father-son combination of Athletic Directors of the Year awards in Utah. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. There might be one other I can't remember but I think we might be. Well, I because I can't think of anybody else whose dad was an athletic director with the association. So I think that's a, that's a kudos to you and to your father. But uh, then back to the question I began to ask, talk about your recent induction into the Hall of Fame and what a, what a nice uh, event that is for you. That was a great honor and very humbling, but uh, thankful for those and being able to do that. And I think it attributes to the hard work that's been put in. And just once again, that don't be afraid to get involved in the UI AAA and you'll find, you know, whatever you put into it that I don't know if you'll get that you'll, excuse me, whatever you put in, you'll definitely get that much back, but probably more. 
from what you're going to learn from the UI AAA. And, and so that's where some of my best friends and, and colleagues are that I've learned from are there and because they're in the, they're in the ship with you. They're just at a different school and they know they're going through the same problems that you are. And some of them have figured it out and they'll tell you the answers. And I mean, nobody's keeping any secrets there just because they're willing to share with whatever they've got to see and help you to make life easier for you. Very good. What is one common myth about being an athletic administrator that you would want to debunk, Ted? Something that people think, oh, you're the AD, this is your job. And, and that's really not the case. You know, I, I think a lot of people think that you just sit around and don't do anything and then you show up at games. <laughs> and I'd say, no, when, when the game time starts is usually you've already put in a 14 or 15 hour day. Because a lot of the things I think that an athletic director is are, are the, the prep and the behind scenes that nobody ever sees. And I know that I felt like a lot of times our administration, they would just show up to the games and say, oh, look, it's one, it's working perfectly. <laughs> they, they really didn't understand what went in to make that happen. But as soon as it doesn't run smoothly, you or you, the AD will be the one on the hot seat. But, uh, you know, Weaver High, I never was a full-time, well, I was a full-time AD, but I still had to teach three or four classes and then try to do all the things besides that. And uh, here now, the last year when I retired, the new AD doesn't have to teach. And that's all for Weber County. And I thought, man, it's about time. And hopefully they'll be able to, enjoy their jobs a lot more and have less stress for themselves and with their families. So that is, that's the that myth. Is, is you're pretty busy and don't let anybody yeah. tell you you're not. That is about time. So remind me, Ted, just because I always get the Weber district and the Ogden district, the Weber district then are, are which schools? Weber, Fremont, Roy, and Bonneville. Okay. And then Ben Loman Ogden are in the and city. Ben Loman and Ogden are in the Ogden School District. But I don't think their IDs, I think their IDs are not teaching either. Well, I think that's fact, a great I'm pretty thing. sure they're not. I think they were ahead of us. Yeah, I, I, I can't echo that sentiment enough that that's, that's what needs to happen, particularly in Utah, because we seem to be a little bit behind the national average yeah. on that type of a thing. Well, Ted, let me ask you this. I always ask my guests for two suggestions that they can give a new athletic administrator. When I say new athletic administrator, I, I'm thinking of someone between one and four years in the job. So as someone now who's been through this and we have been the president of the association, been, is now retired, what are your two suggestions for that new athletic administrator that they, these two things you would absolutely have to do in order for you to be a success? Uh, number one, I think is don't be afraid to work because you're going to have to work, be ready to come to work and you're going to have long hours. Uh, you're probably going to work some weekends and don't be afraid to do that. I think the second one is, and this is kind of the model that I live by is early in my career, we went to a football camp and Ron McBride was the head coach at 
Utah. And it was a spring and he got yelling at he didn't have a very good quarterback or well, he did. He had, excuse me, it was Alex Smith, but he had two all American defensive ends, but he didn't have any offensive tackles. They were freshmen and they were doing spring ball. Those two defensive tackles were just getting after Alex. So he blew his whistle and stopped and he went over and he yelled at the offensive coordinator and he then yelled at the defensive coordinator and basically says, you coach your kids, you coach your kids, I'll coach the quarterbacks. And I thought of that to myself, you know what, that's what an athletic director says. I want my coaches to be able to just go coach and all the other problems and things, let me try to handle them for you so they can spend their time coaching their coaches and their kids. And so that was a pretty good model for me to live by and to try to do that. Very well said. Thanks for sharing that, Ted. Let me finish with this question, Ted. What question should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? Uh, you know, just realize that I know most of that's going to see this are going to be athletic directors is use the UIAAA. That's your number one source, I think. And the things that I've learned from there, go to your principal and say, I need to go to the national conference because you will learn some great things there. Even if it's listening to the speakers or taking classes, going to the exhibits and seeing all the, the things that are available to purchase and have in your school, you won't find them anywhere else than by attending the conference. And what you can learn there and come back and teach and provide for your school will be awesome. Let me follow up on that then for a second and, and ask you a second question, Ted, even though that was supposed to be the last one. So you were able to attend, I assume, five or six or seven national conferences. Yeah. In your words, tell me now how how your life as an athletic administrator changed once you went to that first one and, and understood that national network that's out there. You know, I think when I, after I came back from the first one, that feeling there is that you're not alone. Uh, everybody in the country is going through the same things. I was also grateful that some of the problems they were having in other states that we were not. Mm. And that I think like the register my athlete, I think we were still far ahead of a lot of other states than other states hadn't even started thinking about that, requiring physicals and requiring background checks and doing the things for the coaches. I think they were some great advancements from the state of Utah that we could share with others and learning that. But yet I took back some great things from some of the other states as well. And if your principals let you go or your school board, go and go often if you can. Take because them with you. Once you get to the first one, you you always want to go yeah. back. Yeah. And that's, that's something that uh, I've talked to many of our guests on the podcast. And, and unless you can go to that national conference and experience it yourself for the first time, you just really you can hear others talk about it but you don't understand it until you're there yeah. yourself and experience it when when you're there and there's 
10,000 other athletic directors and administrators listening there, you realize, wow, this is a big organization and the things are there. Have I got time for a quick story? Absolutely, Ted. Okay. My first one, I went to Rocky Blyer, who was the other running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm -hmm. Frank O'Harris, and he tells the story, Terry Bradshaw. And I remember he got up and he, in a pair of Levi's and a t-shirt, and he started talking about the little boy that lived across the street from him in his neighborhood growing up. And the little boy had some physical or mental disabilities. And anyway, but, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, growing up, every chance you got in every afternoon, you'd go out center of the street and play football. And he says, this kid never missed. He was always there. And so he pulled out and he pulled out his first uh, World Series, not World Series, but they won the Super Bowl. He pulls out his first Super Bowl ring. He tells a story about that kid and his second one and his third one. And one of those stories was about Franco Harris, that he really shouldn't have been the MVP. It should have been him just because he caught the fluky pass that ricocheted off. And, and then he talked about Terry Bradshaw. And then he talked about uh, one of them. He talked about his college coaches. He got hurt in college. And I, you know, but he was so down to earth and thanked and remembered all the people that helped him get to where he was. And he had never forgotten that. And then he was also a veteran of the Vietnam War. And he talked about those experiences and recovering. And been, that's right, he'd been wounded and uh, recovering from that. So, you know, how do you not get that? Not only could I use that for athletics, but also in teaching my history to come back and and be able to tell his story is awesome. Absolutely, great story. Thanks, Ted. That wraps up another edition of the UI AAA Connection. Once again, our guest today has been Ted Peterson, certified athletic administrator, formerly at Weber High School. For our guests, hopefully you'll tune in again next week where we'll have another guest. Thanks, Ted, for being on the show. Thank you.